1: Quality craftsmanship, it is in their name. 1207, great to have you with us. Loaded show today. Uh, We'll try not to get loaded between now and 3 o'clock. But the fact of the matter is, a large part of this show will be dictated by the events that happened Monday night and the ensuing fallout for the National Football League. We now know this. If, uh, If it gets down to determining AFC North champion, If, for example, the Ravens beat the Bengals tomorrow, and I honestly have simulated this game, dived deeply into the stats and the permutations of this game, and I think it's going to take a lot for the Ravens to beat the Bengals tomorrow. But let's just say if if the Ravens beat the Bengals tomorrow, Then it goes to a coin flip to see who gains home field advantage for the wild card round. And as of this morning, according to profootballtalk.com, the NFL is still finalizing a plan for the coin flip. As Pro Football Talk asks, and not so tongue-in-cheek, where would this coin flip be done? Who would be present? Would it be televised? Would it be sponsored? Because the NFL does nothing, as you know, unless there is some sort of money involved. But uh, apparently they are still talking about how the actual execution of the coin flip would go. Now, of course, there are other things to look at today. I mean, you've got the Chiefs playing the Raiders, and I suppose the first step would become a Raiders fan. So it makes anything regarding seating a little more dicey for the NFL. And quite frankly, I found this fascinating too. The NFL was considering a coin toss to resolve the Bills-Bengals game. This again from ProFootballTalk.com. The NFL considered a broad range of possibilities for dealing with this unprecedented situation. Bills-Bengals game, although changing the existing rules for dealing with the aftermath of an ultimately canceled game... And again, the game was canceled. Opens a possible can of worms. The legal brainstorm, the league brainstorm through a bunch of potential choices, and one of those potential choices for solution included resolving the Bills Bengals game the same way the league may use to determine home field advantage for a potential Ravens Bengals wild card game. And that would have been a coin toss. Now, Richie McKay, whom I've known for many, many, many years, back to my days when I was doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers broadcast, part of that broadcast team, his dad, uh, John McKay, was the head coach. Richie is, um, I'm sorry, Rich, is uh, the competition committee chairperson. He said yesterday in a conference call that the coin flip was not discussed inside competition committee But it might have been discussed in a larger 32-team sense. Now, the overall fix to uh, this situation apparently passed by just one vote. There were some abstentions and some no's. The Bengals were a hard no on this general plan to change the rules for this one time. It almost failed. One vote. Kind of like the Speaker of the House. So as we enter today, I guess if you're a Bengals fan, you root for the Raiders. Tomorrow, you root for the Ravens to come in here with a, a decimated team. No Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And you root, of course, for the, you would one way or the other. You root, of course, for the Bengals to beat the Ravens. Standing by to weigh in on this from ProFootballFocus.com, one of the best analytical websites on the planet about anything is the heart, the mind, and the soul of that operation. Nothing happens at PFF.com right here in Cincinnati unless Sam Bonson says, go, do it, hit the button. And he's carved out some time here to join us here on 700 WLW. And Sam, how are you on this glorious day? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great, Sam. I really am. I I I don't think that Monday was all that good. Tuesday was a lot worse and things are improving both for DeMar Hamlin. Now we get into the nitty-gritty of of what happens next. Bengals are going to play the Ravens on on Sunday. It sounds like if they win that game, all of these other Uh, parameters about coin flips and things like that go away, but it all starts with the Bengals beating the Ravens in this final game of the season. Correct? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, Which is something I think they should do. They're a better team than the Ravens right now, particularly if Baltimore can't bring Lamar Jackson to the table, which I I think they they're probably better off not doing Um, getting a healthy Lamar Jackson for the playoffs is more important to them than trying to adjust their seating in the playoffs. So I think anything they can do to make sure that Jackson is uh, 100% go once they get to the postseason is the most important thing for them.
1: Yeah, and that could very well be a rematch with Cincinnati the following week. So to the Ravens now, with the way this is has gone down in terms of the effects of Monday night's cancellation, for the Ravens now, you know, what? what's the point? You know, they're already in probably going to be that last seed and they'll most probably, or next to last seed, and they'll most probably play the Bengals in round one. So yeah, what's what would be the point of playing Jackson anyway? Right?
3: Yeah. I really don't think there's much of an upside for them to to put Lamar Jackson out there. And they're a very different team this season when he hasn't been out there and when they've they've had to rely on um, Lee, it just hasn't been the same thing. So it's a game. Certainly Cincinnati should be looking to win.
1: Um, Let's just, before we get into the, the, uh, the, all this seating stuff and neutral sites, uh, Baltimore's got a good defense. There's no, no uh, question about it. They're a little suspect in their secondary, but they're very active up front with their front seven. Offensively, it's Lamar Jackson-centric. When you roll Hutley out there, it doesn't really get all, you know, it gets, it gets worse. There's a, there's a drop-off. After him, there's a real drop-off. It just seems like Baltimore is in this situation every single year. They're playing end of the year with a quarterback who is not even their 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 third string guy. I, I what why is that? Is that all because of that that offensive design and it's designed around a running quarterback? Is that why quarterbacks don't seem to last full seasons in Baltimore?
3: Yeah, I think it's certainly becoming a concern for them that Lamar Jackson the worry has always been for quarterbacks to run the ball a lot. Are they going to get injured too much? Are you going to miss out on your quarterback for big portions of the season? And that's why you don't build an offense like that. Well, Lamar Jackson for the last couple of years now has been exactly that problem. He's missed significant time in each of the last two years. Um, and it is becoming a trend. I think that's probably a big reason why there is this, impasse with their contract situation that they haven't got him locked up long-term because Lamar Jackson presumably wants the kind of contract that other quarterbacks are getting both in terms of money and in terms of guarantees. Yeah. And Baltimore is looking at him and saying, yeah, but you're missing games both the last couple of years. So we don't want to guarantee you $230 million like Deshaun Watson. We We want some kind of, um, safety net built into this contract and I guess that's why they're currently where they are which is not having signed him long term yet
1: right exactly as you look at that offense without Lamar Jackson maybe without Tyler Huntley Anthony Brown is the next option Uh, they can run the ball Uh, J.K. Dobbins is healthy he can run it Gus Edwards he's healthy he can run it they even use Justice Hill Um, it's a very much ball control kind of offense they'll throw it to Mark Andrews he's their Favorite receiver. But after that, there's not a lot going on with that team offensively. Can they roll in here to Cincinnati in this final game of the season and put up what has now become their their blue plate 16, 18, 19 points a game and expect to win?
3: Probably not. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough to do, particularly with the kind of game that they had a week ago against Pittsburgh where we saw a, a very unusual game plan deployed by the Steelers to try and stop that run game. They rolled in there with like legitimate six man defensive fronts, the kind that you see in high school and colleges sometimes to try and stop that run game because they had zero belief that the Ravens could pass the ball. So they were absolutely prepared to just sell out against the run and say, if you can make passes over the top, maybe we'll adjust, but we don't think you can Um, I I don't think that Cincinnati will necessarily adopt that. I think the Bengals probably have faith in their run defense as it stands, but I think it sort of shows that that type of hyper-aggressive, hyper-over-the-top run defense system, run defense uh, alignment, works against this Baltimore offense without Lamar Jackson there. So that, I think, is a bigger concern for Baltimore going forward, that they've just seen a team show that kind of game plan, and they did nothing to dissuade anybody else from trying it in the future.
1: So you expect uh, Cincinnati to win this finale. It sounds like that this is a game that you're going to roll with with the Bengals. Yeah, I think they should. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the mechanisms in the wake of what happened here Monday night, which everybody agrees was a horrific situation. Now there's good news with the player, and that's, that's great. DeMar Hamlin hopefully is on the road back to living a normal life uh the n f l is was presented with a number of options. The option that they're going to choose is to is to cancel the game. It's just as if it hasn't happened and then they decide things like uh seating and they decide things like home field advantage in a championship game by 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 metrics they simply don't want to do but they they really had no choice i think sam i mean the, the other options of pushing the playoffs back a week just having Baltimore I'm sorry Buffalo and Cincinnati play next week along with the NFC play uh, playoffs and then the AFC picking up the week after eliminating the game the off weekend between the championship weekend and the Super Bowl uh that was just I I think from the beginning I thought that was just too many hoops to jump through was it not? Yeah, I think
3: the bottom line with this is I think they were really in an impossible situation. You know, from the moment that the game was abandoned, and you know, 100% correctly. Like, I'm I'm not criticizing that at all. I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. Was to um realize that the most important thing was Demar Hamlin, his health, and and walk away from that football game. From the point that happened, the NFL was in an impossible situation of trying to fix it. There was no. Good outcome. There was only what is the least painful, bad solution we can make to this. Um, whether it was rearranging that game for some other time and and juggling everything else about the AFC playoffs, whether it's abandoning it completely, canceling the game like they have done and living with those consequences, uh, or whether it was, you know, awarding some kind of, um, final decision for that game, whether it's Cincinnati wins because they were in the lead, whether it's you know, whatever, there's no right answer to this. So I think that's the first point that, that you need to kind of make is that whatever they did, they were going to get criticized for it. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I think the right solution was probably to abandon that game, to not try and rearrange it the way you were saying, but I don't like the idea that the proposed solutions they have to, you know, with home field advantages and neutral sites and all that kind of stuff To me, it doesn't address the biggest problem of canceling that game, which is that it effectively hands Kansas City a bye week that they might not have had. You know, Buffalo had control of the number one seed and therefore that first round bye um, up until the point where that game no longer counts, at which point it, it swings to Kansas City. And they now control that buy. all doing all the sort of proposed solutions are just dealing with, well, what if Buffalo meets Kansas City or what if Cincinnati meets Kansas City then because the buy or because the seeding was done um, in this artificial way, we should adjust home field. We should make it a neutral site. It's like yeah, but but that doesn't address the
1: fact that Kansas City's getting a week off exactly because this happened exactly, and 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 also this whole thing about if the Ravens win this game in Cincinnati, that it then goes to if the, and then they would have to meet um, most likely in the playoffs that the home field advantage for that game, whether it's Baltimore or Cincinnati, will be decided by a coin flip. Um, I I don't know if there were any other options open to the NFL, but coin flip has always been, I thought, maybe I'm wrong, correct me, was the avenue of last resort. Yeah, I think there's plenty of ways you could have separated Baltimore and Cincinnati Um,
3: statistically, standing-wise. I think there's plenty of things you could have used rather than a simple coin flip if you if you decided that that's a, a kind of tie
1: break that needs to, to happen. So, uh, neutral field, we know it's not going to be Detroit, it's probably going to be Indianapolis, and if they really want to get uh, you know windy and swirly about it, I guess maybe Cleveland or Pittsburgh. Um, but um, given what they were dealt with on Monday night, there was, as you say, no great solution. Is there one team that really suffers in all this? Kansas City benefits, certainly, Which team, in your opinion, suffers the most from this? Lucky Land Casino, asking people
4: what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
3: the most hard done by team simply because, you know, if, if they had had the final two games play out the way they were expected to, they were the team in control of that number one seat. I, I and mean, the number one seat is the important thing in all of this to me, because that's the one that comes with the bye week the week off like that. That is the most valuable thing attached to the various scenarios. It's not home field advantage, which has become a smaller and smaller thing over the last few years. It's the fact that whoever finishes with the number one seed gets a week off, which is less important in terms of rest and getting players back. But it's a a game you're not at risk. It's a game you're not going to get dumped out of the playoffs in. Everyone else has got to play somebody, and however small that chance is, you can get knocked out of the playoffs by one of those teams. So I think ultimately Buffalo suffers the most because had they come back in that game, and who knows how it would have gone – you know, if they'd won that and then won week 18, Buffalo has that number one seed. Now they don't have, they were they need help to get that back. And, okay, you can make a kind of similar argument for Cincinnati that if they win that game and then they win their final game, you know, they could get some help and they would have had the number one seed. But I think the Bills, because they had uh, control of that going into that game, suffer the most.
1: Well, absolutely. I agree 100%. Yeah, not the best of circumstances for sure. Sam Monson, PFF.com, the best analytical website on the planet, and you have just heard from the man who is the major domo there. Sam, stay, stay well. We need to hear your voice, and we'll visit down the road. Thank you, sir. Take it easy. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose, and again, Kansas City plays this afternoon, and Cincinnati beats the Ravens, A Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. Where is that? Detroit can't do it. Indianapolis can't do it. You're talking about the city of Buffalo, the city of Cincinnati, the city of Kansas City. Indianapolis would seem logical. Um, Detroit would seem logical. Now at what point do you get to a venue? And remember, these are all three teams that play outside, so it's not necessarily important to play the game inside. Where's the neutral site? Where's the neutral site? I'm gonna open the phone lines up. Did the Bengals get railroaded in this thing? Uh, Zach Taylor said yesterday um, um, didn't say that those words exactly, but you feel like he feels like that the Bengals got railroaded in this deal. Seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred, the big one. Pound 700 on AT&T. I want to hear what you have to think. Because I'm not sure that um, I completely disagree with what they did. But I can tell you for sure I don't agree completely what they did. 749 thousand one eight hundred, the big one. It's a Saturday afternoon extravaganza. I'm Ken Brew on 700 WLW.
6: Wow, 2022 flew by, but I'm sure ready now for 2023.
1: My favorite way to start the new year is to make my home clean and fresh. First Saturday of 2023. Uh, By the way, if you bought single-game tickets to the game, you are going to get those uh, tickets refunded, full purchase price, no action required if you're a season ticket holder. They'll give a credit to your account for either a playoff game, if there is one here in Cincinnati, or to your Uh, 2023 season tickets. And then if you bought it from Ticketmaster, um, Ticketmaster will take care of you as well. You bought it from somebody else, third party, contact the customer service for those outlets. If you bought it from Fred on the street, good luck. Good luck. By the way, I mentioned it was 1240, but as you and I both know, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. There's one for you. What do we got here? Well, that's good. I don't often drink a Coast, but that Coast, that's pretty dang good.
3: What about it, AJ?
1: Pop a top again. You tell him, brother, I'm just going to sit here. I've just got time for one more round. Set 'em up, my friend. Yes, 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 yes. Then I'll be gone and you can let some other fool sit down. That'd be uh, Austin Elmore at three o'clock today, leading you in to Xavier basketball. So, did the Bengals get um, the short end of this stick when they uh, decided to come up with this this mega plan yesterday that apparently passed by only one vote in the, the full vote of the NFL? Uh, the Bengals voted no on this proposal because it they felt it put them at a competitive disadvantage. Let's go to the phone seven four nine seven thousand. 1-800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T, and we will begin in Loveland with Doug. Doug, you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Hey, how's it going
7: this afternoon? Good, Doug. Good. Uh, I think if it has to be an NFL facility, it would be probably Soldier Field. But if it doesn't have to be an NFL facility, isn't there a ton of colleges like the Shoe or Purdue? They could put it in one of those pretty simply.
1: Yeah, I, I think if it's a... Um, yeah, well, Indianapolis and Detroit are out. Somebody said Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got the worst field in the NFL. I can't see them moving that game there. And then now the only other field I could think of, to be honest with you, Doug, would be would be Nashville. Uh, I don't think the Titans are going to make the AFC Championship game. In fact, the, these parameters would probably not have uh, to go into effect if they did. But fact of the matter is... It's a temperate climate, and so harsh weather wouldn't be an issue. I would say I would say Nashville, but I, but yeah, I, I I could see them saying to, for example, if it's Buffalo and Cincinnati, I could see them even use trying to use the shoe up in Columbus. All right, Doug, that was Doug seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred the big one Randy is standing by randy is in warren county that's a big county randy where are you in warren county
7: uh well franklin
1: can you hear again yeah yeah franklin great town i like franklin right uh randy what's on your mind Uh, do you think the bengals got the short end of this deal
7: i believe they got the short end of this deal because they really have no opportunity to have ever been the first seed so my thought was this um While I do not like the solution with the coin toss for the Bengals-Ravens situation, every every football game starts with what a coin toss. Mm -hmm. So let's say we embrace the coin toss. Sure. I think what they should have done is they should have had a representative from all three teams that had a chance to be the number one seed before Week 17. A representative from each team goes to Commissioner Goodell's office. They flip three coins. They may be all heads or tails. You flip again until you get an odd combination, right? Yeah. Whoever the odd man is, they are out. The two remaining teams flip one coin, and whoever wins that, they're the number one seed.
1: Well, so you would have done that before tomorrow's games?
7: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay, well, would that then not have made some of these teams... For example, if you're going into that game, and you're you're the Bengals, for example, and you've lost that coin toss, and you know you really don't have to – well, there's a, there would be another coin toss waiting for them with the Ravens, so it may make my point moot, but if you're going into that knowing you have no shot at the number one seed, does that make you pull a lot of your starters and put that game at less than a competitive game? See what I'm saying? If you know that going in, you still have you have an an an, un, an equal number of games between the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs would probably go all out in that scenario that you've out- outlined. All out in that scenario today. Uh, but what would it what would it do, for example, to the Bills if they knew there's no way in hell they're going to get the number one seed? So we're just going to sit our players today.
7: Well, what I'm saying is, is all three teams would have had the same opportunity to get the number one seed in the scenario they're using now. Yeah. the Bengals have no opportunity whatsoever.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I see so it from that. It's, I don't no, no, Yeah, I, I I follow you in. I follow you in that sense. I do. Thank you, Randy, for the phone call. Appreciate it. Let's move on. Dave is in Redding. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, Randy. Dave is in Redding. Dave, you're on the air, and you go right ahead. Hey, Ken, uh, first
8: off, uh, I have a story about um, uh, John Waite. I've been wanting to share it. I'll say, I'll say that for another time for you. I know you had okay. him on your show about a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, I um, I think, um, first of all, I don't have too much of a deal with the um, coin flip just because, you know, the Ravens, let's face it, they uh, would have beaten us twice. They do beat us here, but uh, the Bengals, I mean. But um, my big deal is I think if the Bills and Bengals played again, I think that ought to be on neutral sight, um because um I know you say, well, you know, there's no guarantee the Bengals have won that game. But um thing is, um they got to play one more home game than the Bengals did this year because of the because of that and it's all about home field anyway. I mean that and the bye, but uh I just don't think it's fair that uh you know, sure we might not have won that the Bengals might not have won that game, but uh, you know, I think any anything that involves the three teams Chiefs bills or Bengals should be a neutral side i'm not real big on a neutral side thing, but to me it 's the only fair thing you know if the left teams get up there, then so be it
1: yeah and so you 're saying that if the Bengals, for example, played the bills um, before the AFC championship game, that game should be at a at a neutral site
8: exactly i mean it 's all about uh, home field you know, advantage anyway yeah. because and they they got one more. Home game this year than with the Bengals did. Let's face it, how, yeah. home field's a big advantage for both teams, and uh, yeah, I huge. just want not say it's fair that they have one more home game the Bengals, and you know they did play the same amount of games, and it was the game was supposed to be here.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It. Uh, I. I think. And and thanks for the phone call. We appreciate. It. I think it. I. I think the the NFL was in scramble mode because they didn't even make a call on the Bills Bengals game until when was it. Um, Yesterday morning. Michael is in northern Kentucky. Michael, you're on the air and you go right ahead.
7: Yeah, hey, Ken. How you doing? I'm better. Thank you. Good. Well listen, I think um I'm I totally uh agree with Zach Taylor and how he feels about the organization, about the team getting hosed on this whole decision. And I think given the circumstances, you know, no one was probably thinking about the fact that you know, in under under the conditions, you know, if the Bills didn't want to play the game and, and Zach was trying to be accommodating, it's almost like they should have given the they should have forfeited the game and the Bengals should have basically gotten the win because his because the Bills players and the coach they didn't want to play the game and I understand that. Zach, he was being accommodating and agreeing to whatever uh, McDermott wanted to do. But in other circumstances where a sport is being played and say there's not enough players to uh, to put a, 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 a team on the field, yeah. that, that team has to forfeit. So
1: I have no, never heard... No, they were making this stuff up on the fly, Michael. They were making it, this yeah. was totally seat of the pants for the NFL. I think it highlights the fact that they had no plan, and they should. They, I mean, this has got to be a lesson for them that you've got to have contingencies for everything. But you're saying Buffalo should have forfeited because they 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 did not want to continue the game. I it's it was reported now that Zach Taylor told Sean McDermott, "We really don't want to play this game now either." So I. I don't, I don't know how you can just automatically dump it on Buffalo because they had a guy that, that had a heart attack and they really didn't want to continue the game because it sounded like the Bengals were in the same boat.
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're
5: here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
7: Yeah, but it's, but I, and, and I hear what you're saying. And, and, and I know, I know, you know, that's basically if Zach Taylor knew what he knows now. And and, and again, you know, these circumstances are so, you know, they were so, uh, you know, unusual that no one really was thinking other than the fact that, you know, we're going to do whatever we can to accommodate them. And I think both coaches probably after the fact were pretty confident that they were going to resume the game, you know, you know, maybe the next day or so when things were kind of a little bit less, less chaotic.
1: Yeah, but, but uh, the Buffalo the- coach took his team to the airport. He was out of here that night. You know, I mean, so when he took his team to the airport, I, I said, "I said, there's no way in hell they're playing this game tomorrow or the day after." And the NFL has this thing where if you don't continue the game, the, the game's got to be continued within 48 hours. Well, there was no way in hell that game is going to be continued in 48 hours. See that the the problem and and um, and Michael, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. The problem is that there was no mechanism in place for this. And I think when all of this ferrets away and you've got uh, DeMar Hamlin back on his feet leading a normal life and the playoffs are over and we're into the offseason, I think the NFL is going to realize that it, it, it was kind of liable in this situation. And this appeared to be seat-of-the-pants stuff, uh, what the NFL was doing on, what's today, Saturday, Thursday, and Friday. Brian is in Cincinnati. Brian, you are on the air, and you go right ahead.
6: Hey, I don't think anybody really likes the way that it's unfolded here, but what if we made it a little bit more interesting? Instead of a coin flip, we do, like, best two out of three with paper, rock, scissors, you know, in front of the <laughs> lot. Well, well, yeah. We'll just have Everybody, just, think yeah. about it. If they if, if they win their first one, well, you know, or whoever wins yeah. the first in the crowd would go, wow, then you get two more chances. Yeah. No, but yeah. on a serious one, on a serious one, though, um, are they, I wonder if they're going to offer to season ticket holders, uh, offer tickets to them first, and at the same price that they were offering it to us before this unfolded, you know, because. I can I tell mean, you exactly what it says Those prices say, were a lot less.
1: I can tell you exactly they what it gonna says be on here. The open market. It says for Bengals season ticket holders, their tickets and parking costs automatically credited to their accounts, and they can use the credit toward tickets to a home playoff game if the Bengals play one. 2023 season tickets or get a cash refund now you're saying that the playoff tickets are more expensive than the regular season tickets right
6: yeah but but what i'm saying is they were already offering two season ticket holders like my section it was 98 dollars for the first round 113 for the second round and like 150 for the championship so and if it's if it's for some reason in a neutral uh stadium if we can get offered those same ticket prices, or do we have to put, pay an inflated price or pay the market value that everybody else is going to have to pay,
1: you know? Well, it's, it sounds like, and, and, and Brian, i got I got to run. I'm late for a break, but thanks for the phone call. Good question. I think this is strictly on that Bengals-Bills game, and um, it, 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 it would be applied to the cost of whatever a, uh, a playoff game ticket would be. So, Mike, I think the answer going forward is whatever that game, whatever the price of that game, cost a season ticket holder on Monday night, that that specific price will be applied if you want to if you want to get a playoff ticket. And my I, again, I, I don't have a season ticket, but you had a right, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, to apply first for season ticket for a playoff tickets if you were a season ticket holder. Um, but again, like, like the NFL, I think the Bengals ticket office is scrambling here too. You know, they, do they have the staff to do this and sell playoff tickets? I don't know. I don't know. I do know that if this thing, God forbid, this thing rears its ugly head again next year, it would be my guess that the NFL and each of its individual teams won't have to go through scramble mode, which is what they did this week. we'll we'll see. I mean, they, they did not. As Goodell, the only thing that Goodell said, Roger Goodell said this week that made sense was, this is not a perfect solution. And it's not. 1255, Ken Bruce, 700, WLW. It's a Saturday showdown. Yes,
5: unbelievable. Sean Miller's Musketeers head to Pennsylvania for a Big East battle with Villanova. Three. That. Nothing but net. Get the red hot action live today at 4. Oh my goodness, can you believe it? From the logo. On 700 WLW and the 700 WLW live stream on the iHeartRadio
1: app. You know what's a it's a good day for? You got it. Head on down to one of my favorite places on the planet. Little Miami Brewing in the heart of downtown historic Milford. Just there the other night. They have so many great new beers on tap. off in January on all the Little Miami merchandise, hoodies, sweatshirts, absolutely. And they've got a new beer on tap. Don't feed the hippies. That's the name of it. ABV, 7.8%. It's the third beer in the hippie series of German lagers. And it is absolutely fantastic. There's music inside the brewery tonight, 7 o'clock, tin whiskers. And tomorrow... Well, tomorrow you can head on down there if you'd like and pick up tickets for their latest Rockin' on the River concert series. Backed by popular demand, Signs of Life, the American Pink Floyd Tribute Band. That will be next Saturday night at their brand new event center. Little Miami Brewing in the heart of downtown historic Milford.
0: Hey, truckers! It's time for today's roll Haul.
1: Yo, seven hundred WLW. It's the Saturday afternoon extravaganza presented by Craftsman Electric. Quality craftsmanship. It is in your name. It is in their name as well. So, a little bleary-eyed, as they say, uh, after staying up last night and watching the um, the House do its thing, the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy finally elected Speaker of the House after 15 rounds. And uh, there were about 20 that held out initially. It got down to about five or six Republicans from what's known in their caucus as the Freedom Caucus. Uh, very hard, right-wing Republicans. Matt Gates would be in there. Lauren Boebert would be in that group, several others, and they were holding out. They wanted things. After a while, I think they just wanted things to want things, but they finally came around to just vote present, and McCarthy, very late last night, got the votes he needed, and uh, he is the new Speaker of the House. If that's the way it took to get that portion of the government going, what does it mean for him going forward and being able to govern not just this legislatively, this country, but also his own party. Standing by is someone who knows because Anthony Russo follows this. He follows it intently. He is at hashtag Be the Change. You can follow him on that website. The Truth Will Set You Free is his podcast. We've had Anthony on a lot. It's great he can join us here today on this, on this Saturday. Anthony, how are you on this glorious Saturday?
0: Fantastic!
1: How are you doing, Brew Daddy? Ab, hey, listen, man. It's uh, you. Wake up. You win. I I woke up early after staying up late last night, and you know I worked in Washington D.C. for four years. I know how the sausage is made. I don't think a lot of people were really paying a lot of attention to this. The average guy walking around on the street, the average woman walking around on the street, but I think underneath this. There may be some things that for Kevin McCarthy going forward could be problematic, not the least of which you hit somebody the wrong way on the wrong day and they could lead a charge to get you just removed from the seat. Only going to take one. Uh, Did he give up too much in your opinion? So
0: I think you and I, we've had a lot of conversations. This might be the first time that I think we slightly disagree on this one. I think he gave up. Uh, I think he gave up what he needed. But I think I- I'm actually a, a staunch supporter of of what the Freedom Caucus and the fi- the starting 18, which became 20 and final six, did in order to negotiate this deal. And I know that the the, the layman viewers or the listener is going to just see what the mainstream media put out, which is oh my goodness, the Republicans look ridiculous. They can't get their stuff together. But in all reality, this actually is what the government is supposed to be doing for the people. I always talk about, in, in motivational speaking, you can't build a house without a foundation. And if it took an extra three, four days in order to get us to a place where we now have voices heard for a large part part of the country that believe in some of these extra freedoms, believe in investigating things like the border, people that are wanna make, going to wanna make sure that Hunter Biden is investigated properly. I think this was a very, very big deal and actually a, a, a positive To
1: be totally honest i don't i I have no problem going 15 votes i mean you're right i i think if you get to where you need to be then it really doesn't matter whether you have two three fifteen even thirty i know i totally get that but mccarthy knew probably from maybe december the 10th that he was going to be The leader of that caucus why could he not have figured this stuff out before all of this got to a floor for a vote you know the guy the person he's replacing nancy pelosi she never took a vote to the floor unless she knew she had the votes why would he why would he put himself in that position
0: you know i don't think he wanted to i think he knew that there was going to be a little pie on his face going in and i think that that was part of the negotiation negotiation tactics from the, the hardliners against him they knew that he they knew that he didn't have the votes he knew that he didn't have the votes and I think they called each other's bluff until it was day one to figure out if he was going to be put in place and if they would back down and the one thing we learned especially about the final six and again I'm including all, all, all 20 really in this group mm. is they they found it important in order to to make a, a quote unquote public mockery I think this is a, a similar, uh, um, a similar move to what they did with, with Governor Abbott and DeSantis did with people at the border. You have to show, you have to be willing to go past the bluff phase and say, we're going to take it all the way to the end. We're going to bust people to to all these rich areas in New York, and we're going to, you know, Martha's Vineyard, we're going to go over until, until there is something done where people see what is really going on inside of making the sausage, like you said earlier. And I, I think that I think that's why it took until they hit the floors. I think both sides thought that one would concede first, and, and ultimately 20 beat several hundred, so a couple hundred.
1: Dan Crenshaw, who obviously is um, a, re- a representative of Texas, I think Houston is his area that he represents, mm-hmm. said on one sure. of the, uh, one, uh, one of the uh, cable shows this week that all that these, these 20 wanted was attention, that they wanted to get on television, that they wanted to be um interviewed on live television um i think that's a little simplistic in fact i'm not sure that that was the case at all for for some of the 20 but what do you figure they got what, what for example matt gates what did he get out of this did, was he promised something is he going to be chairman of the committee that he wants to be pr- uh promised what about bobert same thing with her what do what did they get out of this
0: uh, honestly I think it's Dan Crenshaw has lost the faith of a lot of uh, modern Republicans. He is he is now becoming part of the establishment especially with my followers they're not Dan Crenshaw fans. And I want to say I don't think I've seen Gates uh, over. overt I haven't seen any of them big. I haven't seen any interviews on them even on on the mainstream networks like Fox. I haven't seen any. I could be wrong, but I, I you know, I've watched as much as I possibly could. What do they get out of it? Um, I think they're getting the fact that they they get to show that they planted their flag in the sand. And yeah, there might be some of the with some of the concessions. It might be on some of the uh, the the caucuses and the commissions needed to make sure that that the constituents of this country that believe in line with them, their voices are heard. Uh, but uh, there is no there is no exacts on what what they negotiated out of those those commissions that they want to be a part of. But I mean, ultimately. I really just think that they wanted to have, they wanted to have their faith to see people that were fighting back for their future constituents. I do think this will help in their vote in the, in the future, to, in my opinion. Based on what the Republican Party has started to move to, you referred to it, I think, as the hardline Republicans. I would say that is the quote-unquote MAGA Republicans, not mm. Trump-related, but this new wave of Republicans. That's my personal opinion.
1: You know, um, a, a guy that had that job, Speaker of the House, many years ago, who was right up the the, the street from us, um, represented Warren County very well, and then ultimately became the Speaker of the House, John Boehner. Uh, politically, you can say whatever you want, whether you thought he was good for the job, whether he was not good for the job. He did a lot of good for the area that he served here for many years. But he was ultimately undone. By members of the Freedom Caucus and the, the Tea Party group that was elected back in, in 2010. Um, how, what, what of McCarthy? And, and do you think he is going to be as frustrated by the, the 20 that really was a, a hardcore six? Uh, do, you think, do you think he could run into the same thing that Vayner ran into? Vayner trying to govern and keep the caucus together ultimately could not. Uh, McCarthy is going to have some of the same dynamics with his group now coming up, starting today. Uh, could this? Uh, does he have the hand to be able to do this, or do you think that that the Republicans have to worry about players going rogue?
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
5: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I, I mean, I, to be honest, I definitely think they have to be worried. I, the the one speaker being able I mean, his back... McCarthy's back is going to be against the wall for the next two years, plain and simple. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I can see that it could thwart progress. It can thwart movement in the, in the government. But right now, there's such, I have to be honest, there's such a distrust in leadership that there has to be a high level of accountability. And I think going into a 2024 election, we could say, well, Republicans held their own to the fire. Democrats never do that. So I think the fact that we are, we could, there's, there's going to be the negatives that we could be stalwarts and we could stop progress, but there's going to be the positives where we could say we're not just fighting against the Democratic policies, we're fighting against the Republicans to make sure that the people's voices are heard. I think it's really just going to be how they, how they discuss or spin the narrative on that. But yeah, McCarthy's McCarthy's hit and butt is, is against the wall at this point, and at any given vote, any given bill. Um, he might have a little bit of trouble, and and I and I don't I, I don't think that's a bad thing.
1: Uh, it would seem like there is a lot of common ground here. I mean, for what all of that caucus wants, I think it wants to yeah. curtail spend, spending. I think that's universal inside the caucus, regardless of of what side of that caucus you are on, hard right, moderate, whatever it may be. And I think there's a view that McCarthy uh, has shown in the past. That he's not quite as hardline against spending as some of these these uh, uh, elected officials want him to be. I think there's universal desire to find out the roots, the source of COVID, and why this government reacted the way it did in the wake of that. And I think there's universal uh, I think there's universal belief that he has to go after Hunter Biden. I think those are the common ground issues that that are there. That regardless of whether you're Lauren Boebert or somebody more moderate like uh, Brad Wenstrup here right here in the uh, greater Cincinnati area, I think there's I think there's enough common ground that he could he could forge ahead here. Am I missing one of the big topic things that's in front of uh, McCarthy right now that this caucus has got to take on and take on in full force?
0: No, I mean, I think you already touched on that. Obviously, the things that were that were on the list uh, of of all Republicans, not just the hardliners, um, but they got to look at what's going on at the border. On top of it, um, they they want to have an investigation on that. Um, I think McCarthy is somebody that would have already gone for that. I think some of the stuff that that is iffy that is not all, not all the Republican Party agrees upon is the um, is the look at Afghanistan to, to see if the withdrawal was was proper uh hunter biden as much as you think it's a slam dunk i still think there's some establishment republicans that quietly want to say no 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 Let's you know it's not worth the money to review it's, it's not really that big of a deal uh so i do think some of those issues are going to have to definitely be pressed by mccarthy now that these policies these uh these negotiated policies are in place
1: all right so you got oversight is a big committee uh, judiciary is a big committee uh ways and means is always a big committee in your opinion who chairs those committees for the republicans
0: um i'm assuming a judiciary you're going to look at uh um jim jordan i know that a lot of people the reason why they wanted to make sure he wasn't House speaker of the house is is because they need him a judiciary uh um, oversight committee oversight committee would be an interesting one um well, they're they're going to need somebody. Mod- they're they're not going to be able to have the, the head of it be like a, a Boebert or a um, um, Byron Byron Donalds. They're they're going to have to find somebody in the middle. Maybe an Andy Beggs on that one. Andy Banks would probably be a good one because, of course, you know he's been an outspoken uh, leader in terms of investigating the January sixth uh, situation. Not just, like the anti January sixth Commission. He's been pretty big on the people that were unjustly imprisoned. Um, I think Bais is great on that one. Those are the, those are the two that I probably nailed on. I'm not
1: sure I'm the third, to be totally honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, ways and means will be important just because that's that's where all of the spending be uh, really is in committee and delivered to the full body. Um, his wiggle yeah. room is very very small, and um, he wanted this badly. He subjected himself, I think, to a lot of things that you know politicians, by and large, have no shame. Doesn't matter what what level you're running for, you're. You're going to have your pedigree dragged out up one side of the street and down the other. But uh, he's there, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, this is where the, this is what the Republicans are banking on. They didn't get what they want in November, as you well know, Anthony, but this is what they're banking on, uh, no pun intended, to get them to a stronger foothold in, in 2024. We'll see. All I know is this. Yeah, whatever, the, whatever the conversations turn to things like this, you're on speed dial. You're on speed dial, man. I'm just telling you. Anthony Russo, I love it. And <laughs> hashtag be the change, and his podcast is "Truth Will Set You Free," which you can find uh, YouTube and other places. Stay well, my friend. We need to hear your voice; it's a strong one.
0: I appreciate it. Take it easy, brother. Have a great day. Yeah,
1: all right. There you go. He McCarthy wanted it. He wanted it badly. All right. Let's see what happens when he gets it. You a notice if you watch that. Not a single Democrat broke rank. Two hundred and twelve all voted every vote for King Jeffries. The Republicans. it was kind of like herding cats and in, in the end, I think that's what got to Boehner. He just got tired of herding cats, and there was nobody between him and now that was very good at herding cats. We'll see how well the meows work for Kevin McCarthy. It's 124 News Radio 700 WLW. Balls, balls, balls.
5: You want him? We got him. A full Saturday of basketball and football. He turns, wheels, and slams it for two. First, Xavier's Musketeers hit the hardwood against Villanova. Then it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders in Las Vegas.
0: Then go ahead and get the win. Then we
5: top it off with the Titans and Jaguars fighting it out in Jacksonville. One, two, three. Now that's a lot of balls. We can't wait for this. The
1: coverage starts today at 4 on 700 wl there are so many great shows coming up at the Little Miami Brewing Company's event center. For example, on Friday night, January the 20th, the music of Guns and Roses by Night Train. Tickets start at $25 apiece. Pizza by the Slice available and also all of the great craft beers at Little Miami's main room. And then, and then, Escape, the Journey Tribute Band, Friday, January the 27th. That's coming to town. That also has tickets beginning at $25. Don't want to wait until then to head down to Little Miami Brewing? Go now. Go today. It's one of the best places on the planet to have the best craft beers, the best salads, the best pizzas, and the best time. Little Miami Brewing, in the heart of downtown historic Milford. Insurance at AAA presents For Your Life. One thirty-seven News Radio seven hundred WLW. Welcome back, Ken Brew. Saturday afternoons would not be the same without you. Um, so the uh, the uh, this, this whole thing with the NFL and trying to resolve the uh, the inequity in schedule and the fact that the uh, Bengals have uh, probably gotten the short end of the stick on all of this remains a um, you know major thorn in the side of a lot of people. Bengals front office certainly not happy with it. Zach Taylor voiced his frustration that you know, if you lose to the Ravens tomorrow, it comes down to a coin flip as to where that first playoff game will be held, whether it's Baltimore or here. Of course, if you beat the Ravens, then there's nothing really to be concerned about. Uh, but then it gets into when and if. For example, the Bengals get to a championship game in the AFC and the right to play in the Super Bowl that that game will now be played in a neutral location. Detroit is out, they were out immediately. Indianapolis backed out. They have another they have another commitment and and now you're searching for climates that are not overly concerning, you know, a, a blizzard for an AFC championship game in Cleveland not ideal. Field in Pittsburgh not ideal. Chicago, you know, you got the same possibility as you got in Cleveland. Uh, maybe something in the, um, maybe something in the uh, area of, like Tennessee. Maybe something in Nashville. But Rich McKay, who is the chairman of the competition committee in the NFL, and somebody I knew. Gosh. 40 years ago when his dad was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, was explaining all of this, and, and he said yesterday in a conference call that it all basically got down to seating, seating for the playoffs. Here's part of what he had to say. And that's what this
9: tried to address. And so there were two elements to it. Um, the first element was, was what, what I'll call the neutral site element. Um, the neutral side element just said that if two of the three teams that that uh, that play, I should say, two teams that play in the AFC Championship game could potentially have been the number one seed had this game been played, then the game would move to a, no, a neutral site. Michael North um, will be on the call. We've got charts that can show you how that could possibly happen. But you're really talking about three teams, right? You're talking about Buffalo. You're talking about Kansas City. You're talking about Cincinnati. And there are a couple of situations that could occur where any one of those three teams could have been the the one seed, and if two of those teams that could have been the one seed end up playing each other, it would be a, a neutral site game. That's element number one, and um, I'll go to element two. Element two really involves two specific teams: one Cincinnati, one Baltimore. Uh, because you're in a situation where Baltimore is going to have played one more game than Cincinnati. Uh, and uh you're getting into a situation where they actually are gonna play this weekend. Um it it's hard to figure out there's no perfect uh equity uh results here uh but what we recommended and what the membership passed was allow this game to to obviously have the ultimate meeting uh this this uh weekend. If Cincinnati wins, no change. The the seating is as it is. If Cincinnati does not win then Baltimore will have beaten uh Cincinnati twice and won't have a chance to um, have uh, the uh, championship of the division because Cincinnati has played one less game. So the proposal was that Cincinnati remain the three seed uh, in that instance, uh, and, but there's a coin flip to determine
1: the home field in the event that Baltimore wins this weekend. I think, you know, you, you, look, Baltimore doesn't have Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley has a bad arm uh if the if the Bengals don't beat Baltimore this weekend then i think a lot of the irate conversation is uh, is probably tamped down i think it gets into what happens past that um cincinnati's a 10-point favorite at home tomorrow but it just proved the nfl was flying by the seat of its pants on all of this they had nothing in place this is the most buttoned down business that's out there And they couldn't run the eventual possibility of a late season game for whatever reason being canceled. Well, you know, again, this is the league that played two days after John Kennedy was assassinated. So um, I think probably it would be prudent going forward to have these contingencies in place. If God forbid this thing ever rears its ugly head again. Anyway, a little background, a little context. Clifton Brown from Ravens.com is going to join us at 2.36 to talk more about it and more about tomorrow's game. Uh, I don't know if you get any advice from TikTok. If you do, um, well, it probably tells all of us exactly what kind of life you're living. But some people are getting diet advice from TikTok.
4: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: The Lion Diet. Allegedly, this improves sleep, gives you increased energy, and maybe cure a range of ailments. What is the Lion Diet? It is a diet with only meat, salt, and water allowed. Meat, salt, and water allowed. That would be like beef. It would be like um, pork, I guess chicken. Some people who suffer from autoimmune symptoms decided to try this for 24 hours. And one person said he only ate steak and a bowl of minced beef, drank a lot of water, said he had the best sleep of his life. But it's... um, What about all this stuff about fruits and vegetables and things like that? And over and above that, is this the best way to get healthy? Or are you just trying to, like, I don't know, eat a lot of meat and maybe clean your gut out? We've had Greg McCoy on the show before. He's a healthy living expert, certified personal trainer, 12 years of experience in that field, 1,000 clients, 10 different countries, 35 different states in the contiguous United States. And he's standing by to join us live right now to talk about this lion diet. Greg McCoy, how are you on this glorious Saturday? I'm doing great, Ken. It's good to be here with you. The red lion diet or the lion diet that popped up on TikTok. I know there's a website dedicated to it. It sounds too good to be true. Is it too good to be true? Yeah, it's like anything.
11: You got to be aware of anything that's so extreme. Um, of course, there's a little bit of merit to, to it, um, and we can get into the ins and outs of it, but in, in general, it's a very extreme diet that I certainly wouldn't recommend for any extended period
1: of time. Allegedly, this was invented by some lifestyle blogger uh, who happens to be the daughter of a very controversial Canadian psychologist by the name of Jordan Peterson. The woman who invented it, allegedly, is Makila Peer- Peterson, and Makila says she created this diet to help her with a number of he- health issues that she's had most of her life. Now, I don't know what those are. I know people that, that like this kind of diet, swears that it cleans your gut out, and of course, if you got a healthy gut, you have a healthy just about everything else, but um, what's the theory behind cleaning out your gut simply by eating uh, r- red meat with a lot of salt and water? Yeah, so
11: it's um, it's an elimination diet, is basically what it's designed for, and it's it's been... A lot of people that are adhering to it are folks that that struggle with autoimmune diseases. Um, And that's something I'm certainly not an expert on, but I can can speak to it a little bit. Um, So these autoimmune diseases are sparked by inflammation. And so a, a diet like this is designed to remove just about every possible thing that could cause or raise inflammation. Um, and then the, uh, the sensible thing or, or generally what elimination diets are designed for is you then begin adding foods back in, um, uh, in hopes of finding what's causing you your discomfort. Um, not something that you would live on, uh, for forever because in this type of diet, you know, you've got no fiber, you're not getting much nutrition from fruits and vegetables or all these oh. micronutrients and, and you're going to end up with some, uh, some bigger issues some in addition to, to whatever you were trying to solve in the first place my
1: guess is if you're going to do this you ought to talk to your doctor first right i mean I, doing this on your own sounds a little dicey for just what you said
11: yeah i, w- I would talk to your doctor um or if you really want to speak to an expert on nutrition specifically a registered dietitian um, would be the, the person that you want to speak to
1: what if you don't get i mean look there are commercials all over the place for quick ways to put fruits and vegetables in your body by taking pills because it's so important to get fruits and vegetables. And, and now all of a sudden you're eliminating these kinds of things. And my guess is that this has to affect other areas of your body. I mean, it may be great for your gut if you stay on it. I think you have to stay on it for for six weeks. But it, you, what happens to the rest of the body that isn't getting the nutrition it needs from those vegetables and fruits? Yeah, you know,
11: you're, you'll probably end up uh, deficient in several vitamins and minerals. Um, which, you know, in a six week time period isn't going to cause a whole lot of issues. I think the biggest issue with this diet is the lack of fiber, um, which again is a, it's a long term thing. You know, fiber isn't, lack of fiber isn't going to uh, negatively affect you in a, in a very short amount of time. But over time, you know, low fiber, fiber diets are connected with all kinds of cancers. I mean, the having fiber in your diet is, is one of the best preventative ways um, you can keep your heart healthy and, and prevent several forms of cancer
1: yeah um you know what what just strikes me about this and I think you and I have talked about this in the past you can't run from a bad diet but you just can't have a diet that works for you and does what this allegedly does without having your body in some modicum of shape in other words if you're 300 pounds and you say hey I'm gonna I'm gonna try this lion diet I'm gonna be fine after that well it doesn't kind of work that way I think there's a yang and a yang here right yeah, you know, it's, people are attracted
11: to things that are extreme, that are new, um, and it's very simple. You know, it's you don't have to figure out your macros and your calories and all this stuff. You just eat nothing but meat. Like so, people are attracted to the simplicity of that. Um, but you know, it's um, it's a ketogenic diet, meaning there's zero carbohydrates, and you know, most of the population really does not like the way that they feel on a ketogenic diet. You you go through this period, you know, which could be three days up to two weeks, um, where you're, you're learning how to use a new energy source. And, uh, there's a lot of fatigue, um, and, and different discomforts that come with that. So it's, it's not an easy one to stick to. Um, it's easy because it's simple. The, the rules are very straightforward. Eat nothing but meat. Um, but, but sticking to that diet is one, it's, you know, probably not the, uh, it's, not the healthiest way to go about it, but two it's gonna be really difficult and uncomfortable.
1: yeah I mean we're, we're chatting with Greg McCoy who is a certified personal trainer more than 12 years of experience. He's a healthy living expert. We're talking about this lion diet which is basically just eating meat for six weeks. Um, and it's not just any meat. it's meat from a cow, which is beef that's expensive. Uh, it's meat for example, that uh, that it, from a sheep uh, that's lamb that's expensive. Uh, from bison, that's expensive. You could go broke just trying to stay on this diet for six weeks. I mean, it's not like eating, uh, you know, a nice big uh, spinach salad every other day. This is this is beef that costs a lot of money right now. You better have some money in the bank if you want to do this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, add that to the list of hurdles.
11: But you know, I will speak to a few of the merits and a few of the things that you can take away from this diet. Not not that I'm uh, recommending to follow it by any means, but. Um, the, the fact that it's a high protein diet, those are, um, proven to be the most effective way to maintain muscle mass and lose body fat. So, um, it's a, that's a, that's something that you could take away from this diet that's positive. Um, and for the people that are having issues, if you've got irritable bowel syndrome or you're having gut issues, um, just taking, you know, taking the, the concept of an elimination diet, meaning removing everything that might be bothering you and adding it back in slowly to figure out what is in fact causing you the discomfort it isn't bad at all. Um, so that, there's a few concepts here that we're borrowing from that are completely, you know, good advice. Uh, but the extreme of this diet is uh, certainly going to could have some negative side effects and you probably won't like it.
1: Yeah. And from what I understand, anecdotally, it improves your sleep. So maybe you sleep more and that means you eat less. And so maybe, maybe it's a little less expensive if you don't have to eat three or four times a day, maybe just three or two or three. Uh, Greg, good stuff. Thanks for the insight on this. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. Nice to talk to you again. Happy yeah, New Year. You bet. You too. I mean, you eat, uh, you eat anything, too much of anything, and um, it can't be good for you. Maybe, maybe in the short run, I don't know. Am I going to go out and just do this for like a week, two weeks, a month? Uh, negative. Will not. Hey, but if it works for you, 151 News Radio, 700 WLW. People have always craved entertainment. During
5: the Renaissance, boxing was very popular as it let rivals work out their differences, including Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci. A great crowd gathered to watch. But after three low blows to da Vinci's ding-dongs... The bout was over. Mamma mia! Today, we have something better. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. They're very entertaining and try to keep the low blows to a minimum.
6: Eddie and Rocky. Monday afternoon at 3 on 700 WLW.
1: You know, if you're going to try and sell a piece of real estate, whether it's land, whether it's a farm, whether it's a house, you need to partner with a pro. And that pro is holding realtors. They've been in the real estate business for a long time. The company, since 1991, some of their agents have roots back to the 60s. And why? They're very good at what they do. They have the highest volume per agent in the business. What does that mean? It means they're not sitting around the office, popping Cheetos in their mouths, waiting for the phone to call and say, hey, I got a house I want to sell. No, they're out beating the bushes to find the best price for the house you own and the best value for the house you want to buy. That's why you need to call Hoding now. 513 793 4800. 513 793 4800. Or on the internet, Hoding with an E.com. The music we listen to all year long, the anthems that were our soundtrack
5: for 2022
2: is Roll Hall. I'm hauling frozen pizzas.
4: Mm, mm, mm. I'm hauling dumbbells. Pump those weights. I'm hauling motion sensor plastic skeletons that jump out at you when you walk in front of them. Ah, I'm
5: hauling beans. From all in pizzas to plastic skeletons to beans.
0: You can save when you get a Progressive Commercial truck insurance quote in as little as five minutes. Get a quote today at ProgressiveCommercial.com.
6: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
2: You're listening to 700 WLW. Also available on 94.5 FM W233BG Cincinnati.
1: 700 WLW. Welcome back. Saturday afternoon extravaganza. Birthday to talk about today. John Andrasik. Whose stage name is Five for Fighting? John O'Drassick turns fifty-eight years old today. Oh come on, you know this song.
10: I can't stand to fly.
1: Guy talks like a tenor, sings like a falsetto.
11: I'm just out
1: to find the better part of me. This song came out in two thousand and one. A couple of years later, he had a song called 100 Years, which seemed to be played at every single wedding I went to at that time. And uh, I had John Andrasic on the show last summer. He was making his way through town. He was going to play a Timberwolf. And I asked him, this, this kind of success, which did not come easy to him, how did uh, how did it change his life? Here's part of what he had to say.
0: Well, it's interesting. You know, certainly the dreams you've had as a child
11: come true. You're playing large venues. People are singing your song back to you. You're traveling around the world. You're able to make another record. Um, but only really till, you know, Superman was on was on America Town, so certainly that kind of put me on the map. But really only till 100 Years came out did I feel like, okay, I'm going to do this for a while. You know, there, there's a blessing to being a one-hit wonder, but there's also a reality of this could go away very quickly. And so having 100 Years kind of back it up gave me a little confidence okay you know i think i'll i'll be able to do this you know for the next 10 20 years and i've been blessed that the songs still still stick around and and, as i said you know coming here i was laughing with my band the other night you know here we are 20 years later still doing it and uh we don't take that for granted and and uh as i said that's one reason we're back in the bus doing a rock show because (laughs) uh, you never know what tomorrow's gonna bring so we're gonna go out and do it
1: john andrasic 58 years old today five for fighting As you know, I am passionate about a lot of things, sports and music. Here's something else I'm passionate about. It's what I drive, and I drive BMWs from the BMW store right here in Cincinnati. Did you know there are over 350 BMW centers in the United States? There's only one BMW store. They have great door-to-door customer experience, and they're just 10 minutes north of downtown Cincinnati, right off I-71. I've often said this. I'll say it again. If you're riding through life, you might as well ride through life in luxury. You'll always find that at the BMW store. In a moment, why, if inflation seems to be coming down, do prices at the grocery store seem to be still a little overinflated? We'll explain that dynamic next. Time now for the news News Radio 700, WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700
5: WLW,
2: Cincinnati. We are talking about the economy starting the new year with some good news. This is the 2 o'clock report. I'm Sandy Collins. Breaking now, this new jobs report out this week has potential borrowers hoping that the slightly better-than-expected
6: jobs.
1: 207, welcome back. It's the Saturday afternoon extravaganza presented by Craftsman Electric. Quality craftsmanship, it is in... Their name, coming up 236, Clifton Brown, Ravens.com. On uh, the perspective of tomorrow's game from Baltimore's point of view and also just all that went down over the last 48 hours about playoffs and coin flips and things like that. That's at uh, 236. Um, the Fed has interest rates right now at 4.5% That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Inflation's at 7.1%. Jerome Powell has said that he wants to get inflation down to be even with interest rates and that ideally interest rates would be along with inflation at 2%. Bottom line is the Fed has a long way to go. And it's unfortunate that all of this has been placed on the Fed because of the uncontrolled spending in Washington. We just saw it again last year, late last year, with that omnibus spending bill, which had more sawdust in that thing than a mill. I mean, earmarked stuff that outgoing senators and Congress people wanted as a goodbye gift for the people they used to represent. It was reprehensible. And if you conducted your personal finances like Washington conducts its finances with your money, you would be in a bankruptcy court or in jail for writing hot checks. That's the bottom line on all of this. It's what McCarthy wants to do, allegedly. We'll see if he does. It's certainly what those that were holding out on McCarthy and his vote for speakership want. But this country continues to be flopping around economically. So the Fed that raised rates in late December said it's is, it is it's not going to happen that they're going to begin cutting interest rates in 2023. They're worried about easing financial conditions would complicate the Fed trying to bring down inflation. Meanwhile, in Washington, under the current regime... That changed last night with the swearing-in of new people in the House of Representatives that may curtail some of this nonsense. Maybe that helps bring down inflation as well. Bottom line for you and me, it's just it just costs more to live today than it did two years ago. Today, uh, we know that inflation went up a tick in November, but even more to the point, food has not come down. Food went up a half a percent last month. That's an increase of 0.6 percent in October and the food index, in other words, what it cost you to go to the store and buy eggs and milk and bread and everything that you and your family needs to live on. The food index climbed over ten and a half percent year to year. So if inflation is kind of simmering, and I think universally we hope, regardless of political affiliation, we hope it's coming down, then why isn't why isn't that evident when we go to Kroger or we go to Meijer or wherever we shop for groceries? Why are those prices in some cases in uh, in some cases very inflated? Why are they not coming down? Here now is somebody that hopefully can lend some light on that. We've had Steven Patterson on the show before. He is a financial strategist, and he's also the director of client relations for Key City Capital. He knows this stuff inside out. And uh, I wanted to get him on today as we approach the first weekend of this year and get some indication as to whether or not things will ease in 2023. Steven Patterson, how are you on this glorious Saturday? I'm outstanding, Ken. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. It uh, so far has not been a Happy New Year for anybody shopping for groceries. I mean, I'm seeing here where the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, went up a tenth of a percent October year to year. It's not coming down as the overall rate of inflation is coming down. What, what's going on here?
12: Yeah, you know, you have a couple of different things that have happened um, with regards to prices, uh, you know, 10.6% on food year over year. Um, So your, your, your numbers are solid, Uh, but you have supply chain issues. Um, You have the conflict in Ukraine. I mean, most of the wheat uh, that's consumed in this country is produced in Ukraine. Um, You know, you've had a drought that went across the Midwest and California Uh, and then ultimately the transportation costs. The, the gas and diesel that's used on farms to get the products from from the farm to the market um, have been significantly higher and it takes a little bit of time for that to adjust.
1: I think you're going to catch some people by surprise the 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 uh, wheat produced in Ukraine is critical to our supply. I thought we had great wheat fields all over Kansas and Iowa and corn fields in Nebraska, and yet we're relying on Ukraine or Ukraine for wheat really?
12: Yeah, um, you know, there's obviously, uh, tremendous consumption across our Midwest, uh, but we import a lot of that, um, from Ukraine as well. Um, so when the conflict in Ukraine started along with supply chain issues, getting it out of Ukraine, that's why mm. there was that huge deal brokered, um, that allowed that wheat to leave Ukraine. Um, it, it really affected. Uh, what we're seeing at the grocery store.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and when people hear supply chains, they they automatically default to, well, the trucks can't get on the road in, in the United States. Diesel fuel costs or in California, these ridiculous restrictions they put on 18 wheelers. I'm, but but supply chain you're talking about is is worldwide. I, I mean, how about, again, these are may sound like naive questions, but I think to the average consumer, maybe not. Why are we so dependent on other countries for our food? Food, I thought we were the land of milk and honey here. Yeah, you know,
12: I think that there's been some bad decisions, um, you know, with regards to some of those trade negotiations. And, you know, it's kind of where I've advocated and will continue to advocate that we do more domestic production um, right here at home. Um, You know, when diesel prices go through the roof, and we have to put food on a tanker uh, to get it out of ukraine or when we have uh supply chain issues and we can't get ships unloaded in the port of long beach that has direct effects on the american consumer um so i think anything we can do to prioritize domestic production um will go a long
1: way and it looks like a compelling reason for these grocery prices being so high in november and December was demand. I mean, it was the holidays. People were cooking. They were staying in a lot. They were having parties and whatnot. So the demand for things like egg and, eggs and butter went through the roof. Would that be fair to say?
12: Yeah, no. I think that, uh, you know, if you look at some of the economic reports, Donna McAllister has a really good one out, just showing how this time of year you see a an increase in prices. Um, you know, November 23rd, there was a, an analysis done by Bank Break right? Mm -hmm. And six of the 10 most inflated prices were for, were for food. So turkeys, bakery items, eggs, flour, prepared mixes, things that we use during the holiday season become in greater demand. When you put all of these external pressures on, on top of what naturally happens this time of year, you see some pretty significant jumps.
1: Yeah. Yeah and I hear you what you're saying about poor decisions I think you know the war on fossil fuel is at the root of all of this stuff and if indeed there were more there was more fuel coming out of the ground more diesel refined uh, I think maybe the at least the internal problems that we have here in the United States of getting products from point A to point P I think the I think the stress on that may go away to a great degree I I know that flies in the face of the ideology of those that are in control of Washington right now. But I think if you look at all of these things, it's our own fault on a lot of it. We've shot ourselves in the foot on a lot of this stuff.
12: Listen, you know, there's no easy way to say this. Um, but, you know, the American consumer right now, uh, a portion, a significant portion of the inflation that you're feeling at your home, is directly attributed to the Green New Deal. Um, you need an efficient energy policy in this country. People look at energy policy and they only want to say, well, that's the price at the pump. Well, yeah, that's true. But that price of the pump is extended to every good and service that comes into your home because nothing you receive doesn't come from an 18 wheeler or a diesel uh, train. Yeah. One way or another, it's getting put on one of those two items to get it to your store, and and so with an efficient energy policy, yeah, I think that this inflation is probably cut in half. Um, you know, we also need an efficient spending policy uh, at the federal level, and you know, we can't just uh, we can't just adjust interest rates, right? Uh, that's monetary policy, uh, but we need fiscal policy out of Washington that isn't continually spending to see the rest of this adjust accordingly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're great at spending OPM, other people's money. What bothers me is we can't, we can't, I can, you can, but we as a, as a federal government can't walk and chew gum at the same time. We, we all want green energy. We all want the planet to be safe and clean and left behind when we leave to some to somebody in a better state. But that doesn't mean you have to just choke off what you're using right now, which is fossil fuel, to get to where you want to be ideologically. And it may not be waiting for you when you get there anyway at that point. It may be another 5, 10, 20 years down the road. I don't, I don't understand why we can't do these things. Uh, It just, it seems like we are so handcuffed by ideology. And this goes right back to what you and I are talking about with relying on other countries for food and for paying the price. When we go buy a loaf of bread at the grocery store, I don't understand why we can't do both at the same time.
12: No. And I just want to underline what you just said. Um, And I found this statistic or this fact uh, astonishing Um, in August. Okay. The cost of food was up 11.4% year over year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we all know this. This is what what we're talking about today. So in August, 11.4% year over year, the last, time food prices were that high were may of 79 mm. may of 1979 is last time we saw that okay now let me just point this out because it's it, it, it goes to the point you were making in, in 1979 we had uh, a tremendous uh, uh, oil crisis in our country okay um you know we had iran going on uh we had gas lines etc Uh, Some of us are old enough to remember that. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it interesting that now, okay, 2023, we're seeing the same problem, and guess what we don't have? We don't have an efficient energy policy. Uh, You know, people will want to point to COVID. People will want to point to all of these other things that are outside of the control of the federal government. And you know what? That does have an impact. I'm not going to completely discount it. But what I'm also going to say is is if you want to solve this problem, have an efficient energy policy in this country, and food costs come down, goods and services come down, and life begins to return to normal, and you don't have to pay a 7.5% yeah. interest rate on a 30-year mortgage, yeah. federal po- federal monetary policy can be adjusted as well.
1: Steven Patterson's our guest. He's a financial strategist. He is with Key City Capital. Um, I've read conflicting reports about, uh, about groceries in 2023. Some say it's going to get worse. Others say it may ease up in, uh, within six months of, of this year. Uh, and then I'm reading this here where it says tighter supplies, uh, eggs, pork, beef, uh, is going to be the problem. the, the, the people that produce those things are going to produce less and therefore there's going to be less product. It's not, it's not so much shortages it's just production of those products where where do you see all this going here in the next six months
12: you know it it, it's hard to say exactly but let's just take a couple of things into account uh inflation is beginning to decrease Uh, we've seen that over the last three months i think we'll see it again uh this month when we get the december numbers um and remember uh, that is somewhat lagging in the data, right? So, you know, people say, well, inflation's going down, so why am I not immediately seeing the result? Well, it takes a little time for that to all trickle through the system, okay? But number two, you know, the law of supply and demand, right, um, is significant. And so when you have more people eating in, when you have more people saying, you know what, rather than pay the price I'm paying at a restaurant, we'll eat at home that is a demand issue because now you have more demand going on in your grocery stores, right? Your local, um, supermarket. And so it, it will take some time before we see this. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. So I think the first six months of 2023, I think that you're going to continue to see some significant prices at the grocery store, but I think July, August, early Q3, I think you're going to slowly begin to see it come back to what you were used to.
1: And and so, okay, so can you, uh, you know, you're a financial strategist by trade. Can you apply the same logic to other things? I mean, we've seen gasoline come down a little bit. Now we're starting to see it bump up uh, just a little bit. That's kind of mercurial. But can you see it in other things, perhaps maybe an evening of the market, the stock market, and perhaps if inflation comes down, a little bit of an ease, if you will, on the stressors that some of these large companies have who – may default to layoffs if, if the uh, inflation rate stays as high as it is and interest rates keep creeping up.
4: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: This is your captain
10: speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
12: Yeah, you know, I don't think that we see a rebound in the market until we begin to see the Fed cut interest rates. And I don't think we see the Fed cutting interest rates until probably Q3 of 23. Uh, I think that interest rates are going to continue to rise for the foreseeable future. Uh, we're at about 4.25 right now. I think that you know by June uh, of 23, we're probably at five and a quarter. Mm. Uh, I think they're going to continue to have some adjustments. I don't know if we continue to see three quarters of a point, but a quarter point and a half a point over the coming months I think is very much going to be in line with where the Fed's directing things. Yeah. And um, as long as that continues, I think you're going to continue to see some sh- serious sell-offs in the uh, stock market.
1: Yeah, and what could help as well, as you mentioned earlier, is Washington just, I mean, and by Washington, I mean the administration has just got to stop spending money. It's just, it, there, there's only, if we ran our personal lives like they run the federal government, we'd all be in hock right now, and you wouldn't be a financial strategist. You'd be in a bankruptcy law. I mean, it's just, it's just, Well, no, and and
12: let's face it, that omnibus spending bill that just went through was not good. Um, You know, you you have two really uncontrollable forces right now going on, and, and I just want to point this out to everyone. You have Jerome Powell that is dealing with monetary policy, right? And so he continues to raise interest rates to tamp down inflation. But on the other hand, you have a Congress that's completely out of control that just passed an egregious, omnibus spending bill that the president signed over the holidays that sets up fiscal spending for Congress for the next year. Okay? So, you know, you have Jerome Powell with his left foot on the brake, and you have Congress with their right foot on the gas. I think if we all went out into the parking lot and did that, into our, did that with our own personal car, our mechanic would love us, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's yeah. going to explode. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we're doing right now in this country.
1: Yeah, I know. And it's embarrassing the number of people on the other side of the aisle from the Democrats who say and yell and scream about all the spending that's going on, and we've got to curtail spending, and then nineteen senators turn around and vote for this thing it's uh it's It's amazing and a lot of them who aren't even in, are going to be in, they're not even going to be in office uh by the end of this week it's it's just it's it's staggering it really is. Um, Stephen, we can go on and on on this for forever, but I know you got to run. We appreciate your time. Stephen Patterson, you can find him at keycitycapital.com. Stephen, you stay well. Uh, We need to hear your voice now, and we'll visit down the road. Thank you. Ken, thanks for the time. It's always about real dollars. All of this is about real dollars, and uh, cut it any way you want to cut it. You go shopping for groceries, and real dollars, it's night and day compared to where it was two years ago. Until and if what we talk about happen, it probably will be. uh, 226 News Radio 700, WLW. It'll be a divisional dogfight. for
9: the end zone. Touchdown!
1: Joe Burrow and his big bad Bengals battle it out with Baltimore's Ravens. Showtime! Prepare for an action-packed AFC North Showdown. Head
5: by Chase. Heads for the end zone. Touchdown!
1: Dangerous Dan Horde and Dave Lapham have the call live. That
10: is Coffin Nail.
1: Coverage begins tomorrow morning at 9. Bam, bam, bam. On 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. If you're looking to buy a piece of commercial property, holding Realtors may be your best destination. In fact, extract the word may, it will be. Steve Florian, one of their agents, has a great commercial property for sale in Bridgetown. 4,800 square feet, solid masonry building, multi-purpose building uses, 19 parking spaces, phase three electric services, 11th and 12th floor, floor uh, foot uh, ceiling lights. It's amazing if you wanted to get in there with your business. What if you're looking to buy or sell your home? Well, Hoding is right there to do that too. They've been there since 1991 just for you. And if you call them now, they'll give you a free market analysis of your home. Here's the phone number: 513-451-4800. 513-451-4800. Or on the internet, Hoding with an E.com. The wait is over. Sports betting is finally here, Ohio. Download the Typico Sportsbook app today and visit WLW. I am Ken Brew. Austin Elmore in at the top of the hour. He will take you right up to Xavier basketball later on this afternoon. See, here's why I think this was kind of um, fly by the seat of your pants with the NFL this week. Uh, this, uh, this story popped this morning. Apparently, the league was considering a coin toss to resolve a Bengals-Bills final score or to determine who won. Now, Rich McKay, who's the competition committee chairperson, denies that. He said that that didn't happen in the competition committee. And he goes on to say maybe there were discussions at the league office about that. We never, that was never brought to us or discussed with us. So it could have gone on at some level above him But that's the, um, that just shows you that they, you know, all of this was was on the fly. And then um, we all know about the coin flip. If the Bengals lose tomorrow to the Ravens, we all know about the neutral site. Neutral site will not be Detroit. The neutral site will not be Indianapolis. I mean, there's been some talk of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has one of the worst playing fields in the entire NFL. I doubt seriously if it will be Pittsburgh. Cleveland is central. Um, And yes, if you played an AFC championship game in Buffalo, chances are at that time of the year, the weather will not be good. And so it wouldn't be good in Cleveland I mean, same chances, I would guess. Chicago seems like a long way to go to, you know, to play a game like that. But I don't know. Somebody suggested earlier in the show, what about a college stadium? I mean, what about someplace like Ohio Stadium? I don't know if it's available. Don't know if the NFL would want to do that. Probably would like it in one of their own venues. I'm thinking Tennessee. Now, Tennessee may very well be in the playoffs, pending what happens here in their game with Jacksonville later on. But I'm just you know i just it just it shows to me that they never ever considered this a possibility before now and i will flat out guarantee you cash money that if it rears its head again god forbid it involves a player that has something to happen to him like what happened to demar hamlin i will guarantee you that there will be a mechanism in place so that they don't have to go through all of the hoops and the what ifs that they went through this week. See, I never thought of the delaying the playoffs. I never thought that was a viable option. I heard somebody say early in the week, well, have the Bills and Bengals play next Sunday and the NFC playoffs start and then push the AFC start to the following week. And then, you know, no, the NFC would have an advantage going into the Super Bowl. They would have had an extra week's rest. It, 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 uh, it, there is no perfect solution as Roger Goodell said, and he's right because they, I don't think they ever really thought through this thing. Uh, the coin flip with Baltimore goes away as any kind of a problem. If the Bengals beat the bill, the uh, Ravens tomorrow, one o'clock at Paycor stadium, standing by as somebody who knows what this game is all about and what the Ravens are all about. I've known Clifton Brown since he wrote for the SportingNews.com. Now he is the in-house writer for Ravens.com. And he's kind enough to give us some of his time here on 700 WLW Today. Clifton, how are you on this glorious Saturday? I've been good, Ken. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I'm right back at you, my friend. Happy New Year to you, too. How do you think this whole decision by the league on Friday is sitting in Baltimore Uh, Sunday if they win uh, the AFC North goes to a coin flip for a home field in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, how do you think that's sitting with uh, the Ravens?
10: Well, the Ravens, I think, may feel a little bit of better about it. from what I'm reading, than Cincinnati, I mean, first of all, this is an unprecedented situation. Um, obviously, we're all glad that Ken, excuse me, Demar Hamlin has made uh, you know such remarkable progress the last few days. That was really a scary scene, obviously, there in Cincinnati. Credit to the Bengals, the Bills, for the way they handled everything, the city of Cincinnati. It's been really uh, impressive and emotional time for everybody. But to me, they made the right decision not to continue that game. Um, I think it was the right decision not to play the game, period. And so once you make that decision, then there's no perfect solution. So – To answer your original question, the Ravens know that if they win the game, they have a chance to get the home field with a coin flip if they match up against the Bengals. If they don't win the game, then the Bengals, you know, deservedly, you know, don't have to worry about the coin flip. So, you know, in an imperfect situation, I understand the logic behind having a coin flip, Mm -hmm. and it's still up to either team to win Sunday to make their case,
1: yeah, and this whole thing about the, the AFC Championship game going to a neutral site—I, I, I don't know if I'm completely comfortable with that. I mean, if you want to talk about uncharted waters, this is this is about as uncharted as you get. How do you feel about all of that?
10: It's definitely unprecedented, and to be honest, I'm less of a fan of the neutral site than I am of you know the coin flip. Um, you know, you work all season to try and get home field to try and win divisions. And yeah, then to have this much gray area in week 18, a week before the playoffs, is unprecedented. And then, but you just have to adapt certain situations, and you know the, the championships will still be decided on the field, no matter where you play the game. It's still in the hands of the players. So oh. I think all teams involved are better served to not worry so much about these decisions. Now that they've been made, your job is still to go out and win games. That's your best chance to do that is to focus on that.
1: And therein lies the importance of what's going to transpire tomorrow. Look, uh, it seems to me every year the Bengals wind up the regular season playing the Ravens, and every year the Ravens have some sort of quarterback issue. Lamar Jackson hurt last year. Uh, they were going last year with Josh Johnson at quarterback. This year, Lamar Jackson out for this game again, still hurt. Tyler Hundley has a bad wing. Uh, we may see the Ravens' third string quarterback. I guess it raises the question, do the Ravens always seem to have quarterback issues late in the year because of the kind of offense that they run, which in essence is an offense with a running quarterback? Or is are these issues just bad luck?
10: Well, I mean, more people are... Are speculating it might be the latter. I mean, just the last two years, there's no question. Lamar Jackson didn't finish last year, uh, missed the last five years, five games. This, this season, he's going to miss the last five. So, yeah, before that, injuries weren't a problem for Lamar. He's not an old guy. I don't think he's breaking down, but yeah, for the past two years, at the end of the year, he hasn't been healthy. So, you know, whether it's the offense they run or not, I, I, I honestly don't feel that way. I just feel like, yeah, they need to hopefully, moving forward with Lamar, have to figure out hopefully a way to try and keep him, health, him healthier, particularly late in the season. They're hoping he's back for the playoffs next week, but we all know their chances of of winning a Super Bowl and making a playoff run are dramatically better if he's in the lineup. So, he won't play Sunday. That's a break, in my opinion, for the Bengals. Sure. And Huntley has been bothered with arm issues. But I have a feeling he is going to play Sunday. The Ravens believe they can win with Huntley. But if he's the healthier he is, the better chance they have for that to happen.
1: Yeah, sure. Now, now you mentioned going forward with Lamar. I mean, his contract is up. They could not get to a, a deal, both sides, in this past off season. Do you think Lamar wants to stay in Baltimore? And do the Ravens want to keep him?
10: I do. Um, I think the Ravens want to resign him, and I think Lamar wants to stay in Baltimore. Until I hear either side say something different, I do believe that he will be here next year and beyond. Um, But, yes, I mean, it's going to be hanging over the Ravens' head, the contract situation, until he does sign it. But I just feel Lamar is one of those guys you can win big with Lamar. He's been MVP of the, of the league. I believe you can win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, just like you can with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. When you have one of those guys, you all, you have to be very, very careful about letting him go because there aren't 32 quarterbacks in the NFL or even close to it that you can say that about that. If he's your quarterback, you've got a chance to win the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, I think Lamar is going to be here because he's one of those guys. But, again, those guys are really expected to sign. So, you know, the fact that it's taken a long time for them to reach a contract agreement isn't shocking. But, yeah, I, just, I think it would be better for the Ravens and Lamar mm-hmm. if after this season they could take care of this contract situation quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, they want him, he wants them, the quicker the better. How does Baltimore win this game tomorrow? Their hallmark is defense and running. I mean, that's it. They don't throw the ball around a whole lot. Their best wide receiver doesn't exist. Their best target is a tight end. But if Baltimore is going to win, what do they do to win this game tomorrow?
10: I think you said it. I mean, got, they're going to have to run the ball effectively, in my opinion, to win. You know, it'll be tougher. You know, D.J. Reader being in the lineup for the Bengals, he was not in the lineup week five when the Ravens won. But the Ravens have run the ball effectively against some good defenses. That's the strength of their offense. So if they can run the ball effectively, not only does it help them move the ball, it keeps Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense off the field. We know how potent the Bengals are scoring, but the Ravens this year are a defense that can take the football away. So, you know, I think from the Ravens' perspective, if they can control the clock, uh, maybe get a takeaway or two, They've got the best kicker in football still in Justin Tucker. You know, any drive they get once they cross the 50-yard line, they're getting into Tucker's range. They Hopefully, the Ravens feel like if they can keep the game close, they can maybe walk out of there with a close win. So, yeah, I mean, I think division games usually are closer than, you know, games that are out of your division. Teams know each other so well. Mm-hmm. These teams know each other inside and out. Yep. The Bengals are rolling. They've got a lot of talent. They're obviously the favorite to win the game. Mm-hmm. But I think the Ravens will play them tough. And if it's close, you know, going to last four or five minutes, I feel like the Ravens hope they can sneak out
1: a win. Clifton Brown, Ravens. dot com. Good guest of this program for many, many years. Stay well, my friend. We need to hear your voice in twenty twenty three. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ken. Always good to talk to you. He's, he uh knows his stuff inside out. I you know again. No Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley even healthy, and he's not. Um, I, just, I just think what, uh, what's at stake tomorrow, I don't think the coin flip for that even happens. The neutral site, it's a problem. Uh, you want to put all that other nonsense to bed about a coin flip with the Ravens to see where you play them in, in the playoffs? It's a simple solution, win. And I think the Bengals will. It is uh, coming up on 252-700-WLW.
5: From his secret broadcast lair on the sixth floor of a shiny building near I-71 in Montgomery Road, what? mighty Mike McConnell summons his circle of champions. The master of the motorways, Chuck Ingram, has the latest traffic. The Baroness of the barometer, Jennifer Ketchmark, has the latest forecast. And the emperor of athletics, Seg Dennison, has the latest sports. That is amazing. Bound together, Mike McConnell raises his banner of greatness to bring you another super Morning. That makes me feel good. Monday morning at five on seven hundred
1: WLW. Bengals fans, thirty four
2: five FM W two three three BG Cincinnati.
1: Austin Elmore, after the news at the top of the hour, takes you right up to Xavier basketball against Villanova uh, tomorrow nine zero six live from the Holy Grail. Mo Egger and I will get you ready for Bengals football against the uh, Ravens tomorrow, beginning at nine zero six. So please plan accordingly. Uh, the latest on DeMar Hamlin is good. I mean, continuing to make progress, according to a statement from the Bills. And the statement reads this, quote, Per the physicians at UC Medical Center, DeMar is making continued progress in his recovery, yet remains in critical condition. He continues to breathe on his own, and his neurological function is excellent. It's uh, pretty much a... Um, the same wording, the same almost the same verbiage as what uh, was released yesterday. So that that's that's good. Uh, still in critical condition, you know, not good, but uh, still in a lot better shape than what he looked to be in on Monday night and into Tuesday. So that uh, that's good news for DeMar Hamlin, and um, hopefully, like I think everybody on this radio station, everybody in town has been talking about. Since this occurred on Monday night, he can return to a life of normalcy. Whether he returns to the profession he chose, don't know. But uh, as they say, one step at a time. And uh, just to cap it on the Bengals here, home games next year in addition to the division games against Houston, Indianapolis, the Rams, Seahawks, Bills, and Vikings. So they get nine at home next year, but Rather formidable with uh, Buffalo, Minnesota. Um, yeah, Houston, you know, we'll see what strides they make in the offseason. Indianapolis, obviously a team that is in quarterback hell right now. They've, they've got to figure that that out. Uh, the Rams grossly underachieving this year, and they may lose their coach. Uh, Seattle playing above water and playing really ahead of where everybody thought they were. So the, the home schedule is attractive with regards to the Vikings and Bills. Uh, maybe the Seahawks. Uh, Houston, Indianapolis, not so much. When you get away from home, Jacksonville. Interesting. Trevor Lawrence and the rebuilding Jaguars who may qualify for the playoffs. 49ers uh, playing along with Cincinnati, the best football in the NFL right now. Speaks for themselves. And a team that uh, has its own quarterback. Um, it's not an issue. It's, it's not a controversy. It's, it's kind of like um, intrigue. Because of injury. Tennessee, that could be a team under new direction and going in a completely different direction. And you have to go on the road to face the Chiefs. Arizona, the other road game. And uh, the Cardinals, as we know, not very good. So there you go. So tomorrow, you beat the Ravens, and you not only are in the playoffs, well, you know you're in the playoffs, but you will play that game here in Cincinnati. You lose to the Ravens, and it will be a coin flip. As we, uh, as we speculated, I don't know, about two and a half hours ago, where will that coin flip occur? Will it be televised? And will the NFL do what it does with everything, it seems, and that is get a sponsor? This coin flip is brought to you by... Anyway, that'll do it for me. See you tomorrow morning at 9.06, bright and early, along with Mo Egger from the Holy Grail, on the home of your Cincinnati Bengals, 700-WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio
2: 700 WLW. Cincinnati. A lack of unity from the GOP, taking more than a dozen ballots to elect a speaker. With the 3 o'clock report, I'm Sean Gallagher. Breaking now. More than four days after the 118 Congress arrived, Kevin McCarthy was finally elected House Speaker. With division amongst the Republican majority on display for the nation, with McCarthy finally able to cross the finish line while still dealing with holdouts in his party more from abc news
5: it took 15 rounds of voting finally in the early hours this morning kevin mccarthy garnered the needed votes to become the next house speaker minutes before his swearing in mccarthy calling on his fellow elected members to remove the ugliness that politics had endured over the last few years there
9: will be times we agree and many times we will differ i promise our debates will be passionate But they will never be personal.
5: But warning the Biden administration that he will hold it to new scrutiny.
9: We will hold the swamp accountable from the withdrawal of Afghanistan to the origins of COVID and to the weaponization of the FBI.
5: But with Republicans in the House spending days battling over the speakership and the new speaker weakened by concessions made to get the job, There is concern that Republicans are going to struggle to pass even the most basic bills. Dave Packer, ABC News.
2: And Democrats reunify with their nomination as Hakeem Jeffries received nominations for speaker on all 15 ballots. He is now House Minority Leader. Now the latest traffic and weather together right now. Checking the major interstates and highways. No new accidents to report. Now the latest forecast from the Advanced Industry Weather Center. Advanced Industry.
0: It's true, a no-fear dentist experience is possible. Learn more at nofeardentist.com.
2: Lots of sunshine, high today, 42. Small chance for a wintry mix tonight, low 28. Rain and snow mix possible Sunday evening, high 40. More 40s throughout the week. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning Forecaster, Raven Richard, News Radio 700 WLW. And radar at this time is showing a sunny sky, but it's on the cold side, our temperature 41 degrees. News A service of BRGapartments.com. A shooting Friday evening in Covington leaving two injured. Just before 8 o'clock, police responded to the intersection of East 20th and Greenup Streets where they found the two men. Both were taken to UC Medical Center with one in critical condition. The other man, identified as 23-year-old Hector Manuel Saur, was stable after being shot in the leg. But the NFL officially canceling the Bengals-Bills game after it was postponed following Bill's safety to Mar Hamlin's cardiac arrest. The Bengals providing information to fans on where they can get refunds the team says if you bought tickets the cost and any related fees including
11: parking will be automatically refunded if you're a seasoned ticket holder all costs will be credited to your account and the amount will be applied to your next bengals invoice if you would prefer a refund you'll need to put in for that details on bengals.com if you bought resale tickets through a secondary platform other than Ticketmaster, you'll need to contact customer support for that platform I'm Jack Crumley, News Radio 700 WLW.
2: Hamlin has made a lot of improvements since being taken to UC Medical Center in critical condition. While still critical, he's breathing on his own and even spoke to his Bills teammates via FaceTime Friday morning. The Bengals will face the Ravens Sunday at Paycor Stadium with a 1 o'clock kickoff to finish the regular season. The Bengals are AFC North champions regardless of what happens, but should they lose and the two meet again next week in the wildcard round, a coin toss will decide where that game is played. The 2023 opponents for the Bengals announced today, along with their regular home and away with AFC North rivals the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens. The Bengals will face the AFC South. They'll be at the Jaguars and Titans and host the Colts and Texans. The Bills also returning to Paycor Stadium next year, and the Bengals head to Arrowhead Stadium to face pat mahomes and the kansas city chiefs the nfc west on the Bengals' schedule the home games are against the seahawks and rams on the road they'll take on the cardinals and 49ers the bengals also hosting the vikings college basketball 18th frank xavier visiting villanova this afternoon pregame just after four o'clock here on the big one tip off at 4 30 a rough afternoon in tuscaloosa for kentucky as they are just about to lose down 78 49 to alabama the Crimson Tide 7th in the nation. After we have basketball here on the big one, we join the NFL action. Chiefs visiting the Raiders. Chiefs look to lock up the top seed in the AFC. Then later on, the Titans will visit the Jaguars. The winner takes the AFC South title. That's an A15 kick. Our next update is at 8.30. I'm Sean Gallagher. Or 3.30. I'm Sean Gallagher. News Radio 700 WLW.
5: This report is sponsored by Tire Rack. Nearly 3,000 teen drivers die in car crashes each year. Tire Rack Street survival is designed to save lives.